Welcome to With a Twist, the number one parenting show on the planet. In an era where the majority of children are not asking what they want to be when they grow up, but instead what they want to be when they give up, With a Twist will help you raise hopeful, thriving, engaged, and confident children. Be the parent you've always wanted to be using With a Twist's signature success system. With a Twist is the only parenting podcast that will enable the everyday parent have peace of mind while navigating the school system and life. Give your child the opportunity to thrive instead of just barely survive. And now, the founder of With a Twist, Amber Scotchburn. Hi, it's Amber Scotchburn, and are you ready to get twisted with me today? Today's podcast is going to be about setting up your household for success. So what you may have noticed is the first 48 podcasts, if you've listened to them all, are about um, topics around parenting. And what I've done is given you a lot of knowledge in those first 48 podcasts. And I was looking at doing the next set of podcasts, which is included as one of this one, is... um, about more taking that knowledge and asking you questions and giving you some reflection stuff to do in relation to now you have this knowledge, how are you going to use it to transform your parenting? And so um, to that end, actually, it's pretty exciting because I think my podcast 48 or 49 are about our new logo and why we designed that in relation to what with a twist means. So this is called Parenting with a Twist. And basically, you know, we want to help you get twisted in order to be the best parent you can possibly be. And um, we designed a whole logo to go with the whole with a twist theme. So I think that's my podcast 48. Um, So um, maybe you'd want to have a check out of that. But along that lines anyways, is that I'm helping you create and be the parent you wanted to be. And how I would like to do that is by giving you knowledge and then giving you some reflection so that you can figure out where you'd want to be or how you'd want to move forward in terms of parenting. So setting up your household for success is what this one's going to be about. The statistics about many of today's 20 and 30-somethings show that they're finding the real world just a little bit too real and are actually coming back home to mommy and daddy where they aren't paying rent, the majority of them, they aren't buying their groceries, even cleaning or cooking for themselves either. So we know that. Um, That's a stat I've shared. I think I had maybe a podcast called Scary Stats. I'm not sure, but um, I did share And I always kind of joke when I share stats because typically when places are sharing stats, it's to drive that emotional pain home, right? However, when I read that stat, I thought, ooh, we've got four kids and I don't really want them staying home till they're 32 or 34. So what am I going to do differently to set them up for success? And if you listen to my past podcast, just the one uh, before this one, it was talking about how children's behavior is a direct result of how we have treated them, so what we've role modeled for them, 
or how we've reacted to a behavior. So for instance, let's take a temper tantrum. If you give in to a child's temper tantrum, then they're going to do that in the future because you've taught them that that's a way that they get their need met. If you model some sort of temper tantrum, then that's where they've gotten it from. So either you're feeding into it by giving into them and giving them the response that they are looking for and therefore they're going to repeat that behavior or they see you doing it. So basically if your children need to leave home and then they come back by the time they're uh, or sorry, they leave home and then they come back and stay till they're 32 or 34, or they actually never leave home and just stay home until they're 32 or 34, then you need to look in the mirror and go, oh, whose fault is that? So these podcasts have been sharing with you about what your children need in order to be successful in life. And therefore, that's that's basically what the twist is, right? You want to parent your child so that one day they do go into the real world, quote unquote, and they are successful. And so one of the ways you can do this is to set your house for success, your household up for success. So you may be thinking when I was saying in my last podcast, well, if a child's having a temper tantrum, you need to react with love to the need that they're needing to get out of that or the need that they're expressing to get out of their temper tantrum and then redirect the behavior. And you might be thinking, oh my goodness, is this person not disciplined? I actually did have a, a parent comment to me, what if your parent, what if your child said to you, you know, F off, I'm not going to do my homework tonight. And, you know, she was like, you know, said it in a very like angry way to me. Like, <laughs> you know, what if your child said this to you? And I, just said, well, I guess I would need to have a conversation with them around the F word and what that means and where did they hear it and why are they using it and do they think it's an effective means of communication? And then I would have to address, well, what is it about their homework? Is it the fight about homework? So therefore, if you have a constant fight with your child about homework, well, then they can kind of get away without doing it because you're just fighting about the principle of homework. Are you role modeling to them that homework is important? It's a habit. They need to do it. Are you doing homework? You know, can you do something alongside them that you can be like, oh, this is my daily homework and you're doing your daily homework and yay. Um, Are they struggling with it? So is it just a lack of confidence? And so I wouldn't actually react if my child said F off, I'm not doing my homework. I would get curious. And I think that took the parent very much by surprise because I think she was trying to catch me off guard. But that is actually the way that I do parent and I'm inviting you to parent that way too. So um, I do think that um, we need to have expectations. However, I don't think that we need to control our children. Um, You can control a robot or you can control your TV using a remote control. Um, But I hate to be the one to break it to you. Your child is a human being. They don't come with an on and off switch or a reboot switch or even a volume button. So this doesn't mean that your child needs to get everything they want without having to work for it, as then you're raising an entitled child. And I just want to spend a second on discussing entitled children, because then they turn into entitled adults, and they really have a hard time having success in the workforce 
or in their relationships because they just feel that they should get everything um, almost handed to them as opposed to having to work for it. They feel like the world owes them. Um, so entitled children um, feel that the world owes them and it's really hard for them to be successful as adults because they haven't been taught how to work hard. So no, I'm not suggesting to you when I'm getting curious and showing my child love that just said F off that I'm saying that that I don't have expectations. So to avoid entitlement in this case, as we're talking about, and to avoid having your child not understand that that behavior would not be okay, you need to have household expectations, you need to define your privileges in the house, and then the obligations. And within that, you need to have chores, non-negotiables, natural consequences and family rules are all going to be part of the house that you're setting up for success. So what is this? Well, privileges are things above and beyond what we as parents are obligated to provide for our children. So a privilege could be an iPad or a cell phone. It could even be certain foods, right? Like that's a privilege. Oh, we're not going to, we wouldn't have that every night, but that's kind of more something we have on a special occasion. Those could be examples of privileges. And um, you want to define that with your children so that, that they understand what your expectations are and how you see life, right, through that lens that I've talked about in past podcasts. Because they may visit another friend's house and it may be an expectation that in that house, the child gets something that we are thinking of as a privilege. So your obligations are, you know, you need to feed your child, you need to provide shelter for your child, um, hopefully you're obligated to provide love, um, but privileges are above and beyond that. And you want to have a conversation with your child about these expectations that you have in your house, because you want them to be on the same page and to understand where you're coming from, and to feel a part of that conversation as opposed to your program programming them, right? Because they're not a robot. They're not a computer. You're not going to just program them with what you think. You need to actually dialogue with them about it. Why are chores important? Well, from a very young age, they should have chores. Because if they can take out, I always say if they're young enough to take everything out of a drawer or a cupboard, then they're old enough to know how to put it back in. <laughs> of course, you may need to help them at the very young ages when they're in like the Tupperware cupboard. But the expectation from that point forward should be that they would clean up their mess. And also, um, them having chores around their house, it gives them the knowledge that an action has a consequence and it teaches them that they're a valuable member of the house. And so when parents are like, oh, my child's too young. No, there's never uh, an age that's too young to have um, a responsibility around the house. And as they get older, obviously their responsibilities can grow and be different. But all along the way, they should feel like a valuable member of the household by having some responsibilities. And then I want to caution here. You don't want to build it up that it has to be perfect, right? So if you're expecting your child to clean their room, you need to either do it alongside them, give them a checklist, give them a visual page for how to clean it, or you just need to be satisfied with the way that they've done it. Because as soon as you put that negative spin on it and they've just done something, well, why would they feel the need to do it again? And so you, you can't have them do it your perfect way. It needs to be the way that you either taught them or let them do it their way.
And then non-negotiables are a list of things that there is no compromising on and no arguing about. And what the what that means also is that it's predetermined. So you've already had this conversation. So for instance, in our house, we have a non-negotiable as brushing your teeth. Well, think about what a natural consequence could be around that, right? If you don't brush your teeth, well, then you're not going to be able to have things that could potentially give you cavities, right? You can teach that to a child from a very young age and, you know, you have to stick with it. So that's the other thing with consequences. You have to make sure it's something that you're going to feel comfortable sticking with because as soon as your child gets in there and finds the things that you're not going to stick with, guess what they're going to do? They're going to do those things because they're going to know they're going to get away with it. The other piece around consequences is, um, you know, they can change with age too, just like with chores. So for instance, you know, a younger child that's not going to brush their teeth, well, then you can say, okay, well, you know, well, we can't have anything with sugar. And if you looked at recipes these days or (laughs) ingredients on things that you buy, most things have some sort of added sugar. So there's really not a lot of choices that kids can eat if they decide not to brush their teeth in our house. As they get older, what I said to my son was, well, then you can pay for your dentist bill, right? Because what's going to happen is you're going to get consequences. Sorry, you're going to get cavities as a natural consequence, which therefore means you're going to have to go to the dentist. You're going to need to get a cleaning. There might be some cavities. You're going to pay for that because I'm telling you to brush your teeth and you understand why and you're choosing not to do it. So again, there's some consequences in there. Um, You've talked about them as a family. There's no surprise to them and they totally understand that there is these non-negotiable things around your house. Alongside the discussion about non-negotiables and chores and uh, expectations, as we've already mentioned, is that you want to say, well, when these consequences, or sorry, when these natural consequences are, no, when these non-negotiables are broken, what are the natural consequences? And again, as I've mentioned, you talk that through with your kids because it's going to happen. And imagine the emotion that, or don't imagine, I'm sure you've had, you know, a heated thing that happens when your child has done something wrong in quote unquote, um, and there's that heat that's there, right? Oh my gosh, you didn't do this. Well then go to your room or whatever you get to, whatever point you get to. But if you've already had a conversation around household rules and expectations and chores and all that stuff, and it doesn't happen, well, everybody already knows the consequence. So it's like no explosion needs to even happen because, well, this is going to happen, right? That's your natural consequence or that's the consequence we've agreed on in this house. And so there really doesn't need to be an explosion that happens. But again, you need to have had that conversation with the house and you need to have it defined and you need to be able to stick to it. Um, if you have something that arises and you haven't had a conversation about it in your house, maybe it's a new issue that's coming up. Well, take some time. Uh, in past podcasts, I've said you need to teach your child to be able to say no to you. You need to teach your child to be able to say, I need some time to think about it. Well, you do that by allowing them to say it to you, but also by role modeling that for them. So if there does become an issue or an issue arises in your house and you're not sure how to deal with it, That's what you need to say. You know what? I'm not comfortable with this. This is not okay with me. And I need some time to think about how we're going to deal with this. And quite honestly, you know what I do? I Google it 
and you can get a million and two different responses as to how people deal with things. You can get some books out from the library or go to chapters. Sometimes I post it on Facebook, like, hey, I just had this issue. What would other people do? And, um, you know, there's so many different responses you can get. And, and what I do is an amalgamation. First of all, I look for what is the most natural thing that makes sense. Um, and then I think, okay, well, if is that going to work for this particular child's personality? Okay. And then the next thing is, well, we're going to need to have a conversation and we're going to need to have it be a household new standard rule. So we're all going to need to have like a family meeting and discuss it. So, you know, there's layers to this and it's not as easy as, oh, just throw down some chores, throw down some natural consequences. You're going to actually need to you know, be motivated to keep on with it, have a system to do it and really be open to conversation in the house about it. And I also take moments of gratitude when those things happen where I don't really know what to do. And I think, wow, my parents had to deal with this without Google and without Facebook. How did they do it? Um, family rules, I mentioned. So family rules in the most basic sense are basically how you want your family to treat each other. Did you know that from when kindergarten, when kids start in kindergarten, um, there's been studies that predict how well they do behaviorally in kindergarten um, correlates with how successful they are as adults. And so when people say to me, oh, we're too young to have, you know, a family motto or family rules, I argue with them and I say, uh-uh, you're not. From the moment your child is interacting with everybody in their house, they're learning what your family rules are. And all I'm suggesting is that you actually state what those rules are, come up with a mission statement, have them posted somewhere, and then act accordingly to those family rules, right? It's like having um, guidelines at work for how you're supposed to act. It would be the same thing. Um, we have ours posted in our bathroom, actually, because where do people spend a lot of time? In the bathroom. <laughs> so, um, I would really like you to think, how do you want your family to be defined to each other and to the outside world? You know what? Kids are super smart and they're going to figure out every way to massage the rules. I mean, I think that's probably an unwritten rule for kids, right? They know which parent to go to. They know how to go to the parent. They know how to ask. They know which buttons to push. So you need to really figure out consequences, as I've mentioned, that you can have that you will enforce, even when times are difficult, even when your child is crying or slamming the door or whatever emotional pull they're giving to you or you feel guilty. You need to really stick with them because kids are super smart. If a child wants something that's defined as a privilege in your house, then you don't say no to them. That shouldn't be the first response. But you know what? You would like this. I'm saying that's a privilege, so I'm not going to provide it for you. But let's make a plan for you to get it for yourself, right? And then you give them a system. So in our house, um, our children want an allowance. Uh, we want a chores to be done. Um, I should say more. I want a chores to be done. My partner wasn't as keen um, because he grew up differently um, and I wasn't keen on having allowance tied directly to chores and so we came up with a whole system and I actually think I have three or four podcasts um, in my early podcasts about that system so listen to those if you want to know more or just reach out and contact me but basically it's a system that links everything together so it links everything I've just talked about family rules consequences 
um, natural consequences, chores, all of that together and allowance and um, gives us this really neat way. Oh, it also links to money. And so the allowance that they do get is being divided into spending, saving, investing and giving back. So we're teaching them about money. So what's super cool in all of this is that when my children leave the house, think about this for a sec. And they're going to know how to treat other people because we have family rules. They're going to know the def- the difference, sorry, between uh, a privilege and an obligation so that they're able to ask the difference between those two, right? In a relationship that they're going to have or in the workplace, they're going to understand how to manage their money. Part of our um, chores is preparing meals and budgeting for meals, cleaning bathrooms, you know, the normal kind of sorts of things. Well, they're going to understand how to do all of that. And therefore, my hope is that when they do leave, they're able to leave and stay out and be successful on their own and not come home and live until with me until they're 32 or 34, whatever the different stat is, depending on where you live. Um, so also, oh, use the power you do have. Remember I said kids are super smart? Well, you're super smart too. So figure out what their currency is. That's what I like to call it, right? We use currency, we use money. So when we go into stores and we have to buy something, the currency we use typically is money. So what is the currency you're using in your house? Well, in our house, we're using this random kind of lottery system for chores. They get their allowance. So that's one type of currency. But I know the other currency that my children all have anyways is their media time. So during holidays, we actually have uh, a set thing that they have to do before that they can even think about asking about media time and then they have to earn their media time as an example. So, you know, um, use the power you have to create the environment you want to live in. Not your superpower, but whatever your child's currency is. For some children, this is money. Others, it's gaming time, like I've mentioned, or screen time. Let your, sorry, learn what your child values and use it as a tool to get them to appreciate what is valued to make the house run. So for instance, when my children are on their summer vacation and they're saying, well, I want to be on screen time. Well, you know what? I'm actually working and when I am home, I'm working from home, but let's say I'm when I get home or technically at the end of the workday and there's still the dish trainer stuff, there's still the dishwasher to be empty, the dog hasn't been taken, um, you know, you haven't read, you haven't done all these things that you should do to be growing your brain and helping the house, then really I'm not okay with that. And so you need to do those in order to help the household run. So I know what you value and that you value your screen time and now you know what I value because I value the house running a certain way. And again, hash it out as a family, right? Come up with the expectations. We did our summertime rules for screen time. We did it as a family. Um, One of our children loves to read, so his reading time was longer every day. Each of them had reading time, but one's reading time was longer. The other child loves creativity, so her creativity time was longer. So set your child up for success by being really clear on what your family system is in your house for chores, non-negotiables, natural consequences, your family mission statement, and your family rules. And then know your child's currency and use it. Why not, right? I mean, come on. I just said your child is super smart and they're using you and what they can figure out. So, I mean, you should be doing the same. And then you're also teaching them that, right? Because then when they have kids, they're able to figure out what currency is. Or, you know what? That happens in the workplace too, right? Where there's things that are set up and once you understand what's set up and what different people's currency are, like, oh, my boss really likes coffee from Tim Hortons. I think I'm going to buy that for them. Tim Hortons is really big in Canada, by the way, and people really like their coffee and tea from it. I don't drink coffee or tea, so I don't have a particular affinity for it, but it kind of could be like 
Starbucks to somewhere else or something like that. All right, some questions for you because I realize that this one's running a little bit long. Um, do you have expectations of your child? Are your expectations reasonable? Are they based on the uniqueness of your child? Is there an expectation that your child develop good social habits from a very young age? How do you facilitate these good social habits? What are the behaviors in your house that occur often that you would like to correct? What is a natural consequence for each of these behaviors? Does your family have an agreed upon mission statement that dictates how people will treat each other? Do you have an agreed upon list of chores and non-negotiables? If you don't have a system that combines family rules, household chores, non-negotiables and allowance, I invite you to create one. All right. Thank you so much. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Wherever you are around the world. Great to have you with me today at With a Twist. Please don't forget to give me a five-star rating on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. As well as follow me on Facebook at Amber Scotchburn. Thanks so much. 